It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Open at them. Rise and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on, the coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. What's up, my nerds? Nerds! I work with a bunch of nerds. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine, nerds. Welcome to the Backroom Morning Show, part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network and the official exclusive morning show for LTN Radio. I'm Radio Matt, the station manager and chief radio nerd. I'm a husband, a father of three, including a newborn baby girl, a Green Lantern fan, and a Funko Pop collector. And I'm Mo, shorter, louder, smarter, and all around better than absolutely no one. I'm a wife, mom, elementary librarian, and seeker of truth, except when it comes to reality TV. Today on the show, why the last five years have caused Americans to distrust the media at an almost unprecedented rate. Also on the show today, our Discord will debate a topic about... Ice cream! Yay! Boop, boop. <laughs> but first, today is Tuesday, August 10th, 2021, and we've got some holidays to celebrate. All the holidays in one day. Yeah, Ready? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's National Lazy Day. Yes. Lazy I mean, it's day. the day. It's the day that we've all been waiting for. You don't have to do anything today. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. That was half of 2020. Uh, true. <laughs> So listen, we got all of our lazy days in for the next 365 years, so y'all don't get a lazy day anymore. Just saying. Uh, It's also National S'mores Day. Mm. 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 So I don't really love (laughs) s'mores. What? I mean, I like them. What? But I would much rather just have a toasted marshmallow. You can keep the graham cracker and the chocolate. I just want the burnt, gooey marshmallow straight off the hot, Look, flaming uh, metal rod. I'm not saying that's bad. <laughs> do you do? Do you do like burnt to a crisp? Like uh, for the most part. Yeah. For the most part. The like you know, I I let it I let the fire die out. No. That's how. That's how burned I get it. No. To where it won't can't burn anything else. So I, the older that I'm getting, I'm realizing my anxiety is getting worse. And it is really bad, like, with kids. Mm. I, in my 20s, I would have never been worried or concerned or fearful over a flaming, sugary, <laughs> goopy marshmallow. Which is essentially napalm. <laughs> now... Yeah. Like I see a kid and they're they sticking it in the fire as long as possible until the whole thing is completely aflame, and then they pull it out and they're waving it around and. Well, yeah, and like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, ah! you gotta put a halt to the waving it around thing. But yeah, you catch that sucker on fire and then you just hold it and you watch as it just slowly burns all the way to the other end and then dies out no so i like for all of my marshmallow to be black and bubbly except for like the last teeny (laughs) tiny sliver teeny tiny bit i want for that to still be white and untouched (laughs) reminds me of my soul (laughs) (laughs) i I used to say i like my marshmallows like i like my witches burned to a crisp at the stake (laughs) Which is a joke, obviously, because I don't know any witches. 
They could be nice people. So mean. <laughs> What's also funny is that they didn't do that. That, like, wasn't a thing. Burning witches? They did not burn witches at the stake. That was never one of the things that they did. And that became, like, the main thing that people remember or associate with that time. That wasn't a thing. They didn't do that. Are you sure? Yeah. You can look it up. That was not one of the ways they tested. I don't know if you're right. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Uh, Hey, it's also National Spoil Your Dog Day. Yeah. No, it's not happening. I got four of them. I'm not spoiling them. That's what's wrong with the daggone things. They think they run the house. Look, give them a bag of begging strips, and that's spoiling them. Nope. I'll open up the back door for them instead of making them go through the doggy door. I'll open up a bag of whoop booty on them. That's what I'll do. Uh, All right. Well, once a week. We like to open up our Discord at BackRowDiscord.com for some of our Back Row Buds to argue some of the Internet's favorite arguments. And today, we are inviting our Back Row Buds on to discuss eating ice cream. In fact, we're going to be debating proper technique. But before we get to the specific question, let's uh, let's introduce our friends here. Who do we got on the Hello, line? It's our friends. Hello. 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 Are you here? We are here. Whoa, you're Hello. Yes. Oh, God, it was an echo. We're here. <laughs> That's how I feel, Lark. Every time y'all come on, it's like, whoa, okay, they're there. All right, let's introduce ourselves. Uh, Oriel, you were in first. Who are you? What do you do? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Neapolitan. All right, that's not a flavor. That's three flavors. Lark. Who are you going to introduce yourself? We're not actually called responsible earlier. Um, I'm not. It's 9 p.m. and I just had dinner. And my dinner was popcorn, pasta salad, and um, oh, some I thought that wafers. was one thing. But I thought you were saying popcorn, pasta salad, and I'm like, what no, the heck is that? Pasta salad. <laughs> also, um, my favorite ice cream, depending on the day, is either mint chocolate chip or yeah. cookies and cream. Okay, yeah. Hey. See, I knew I liked you. All right, last up, Gabigan. You here? Hello, everybody. How are y'all today? Good big old boy. Good big uh, Or as Rye Guy likes to call you, good big meanie. Oh. Uh, <laughs> how are you today? I am fantastic. Awesome. Um, yeah, my favorite ice cream is either Rocky Road or cook, uh, chocolate chip cookie dough. Okay, okay. So you go you go heavy on the, the fixings. I got you. Okay. All right. Guys. What? Listen. Are huh? we ready? I don't know. <laughs> or what? My sweet... Dear, amazing 15-year-old likes Rocky Road without nuts. Okay. What? I tell him. I like it. just Rocky Road. Those are the rocks. I know. It's just road at that point. What? I was going to say, Rocky Road without <laughs> nuts is not Rocky Road. Does he, pick, just, the, right. does he pick them out? What does he he do? will pick them out. Oh, or, that's so much work. Or listen to this. We went to Dairy Queen last week, yeah. and he got a Rocky Road blizzard and specifically asked, can I not have nuts in that? And they gave it to him. Yeah, well, I mean, why not? What is wrong with him? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. But there Who you are go. you that's, raising? That's right. more um, ammunition for your arsenal to use against him. So, <laughs> so our debate question today is uh, kind of one of preference, uh, but it will, you know, probably bring about some judgment depending on your answer. You go to, uh, you know, your favorite ice cream shop. You get yourself a cone. How do you start eating the cone? Do you bite the ice cream or do you I'm lick? I'm going to hate my answer. Bite or lick the ice cream? That's the, that's the debate. 
Let us hear it. Free for all. What do you do? They don't so do anything. I don't, first they off, don't, I don't eat ice cream, cones, apparently. I hate cones. <laughs> I get dishes. But I, I bite, but like with my lips because my teeth get cold. <laughs> So you, so you like, you like, you like, you like inhale it almost. She, because I use a spoon because I'm eating from a bowl because I don't like cones because I don't like the bite versus lick decision. It's kind of both at that point, right? It's too much pressure. It would work with, it would work with like, it would work with like frozen yogurt. All right. Like that would be fine. I like ice cream. I just like eating it with a spoon out of a cup. Like a normal person. <laughs> little pink spoon. Little Teeny pink bite at a time. In her little pink no, dish. No, I use like a big spoon. I'm I don't have kidding, a lot of ice cream. It's just out of a bowl or like a cup or something. Oh my gosh. Uh, all right. Brian, what do you think? I uh, will lick the ice cream first. Yeah. And then I'll, then eventually I get around to just biting it because licking it takes too long really and then i just eat the cone also okay okay good biggin how it do you handle teeth it hurt when people bite their ice cream yeah so i lick because if i bite or take in big chunks of it that's when i get the ice cream headache yeah yeah, yeah man. so i mean from yeah. a, i don't i don't like headaches so why would <laughs> i torture myself i have a tip for getting rid of that when you get it Okay. Plus your tongue against the uh -huh. your mouth. It doesn't it, always work though, but yeah. But it does help. Yeah. Or I could just lick the ice cream and savor the flavor while I don't get it. Or Absolutely. I could inhale the ice cream and then when my as head long, starts hurting, yeah. press my tongue against the roof of my mouth. As long as it's not melting faster than you're licking, you gotta go the lick route. Like I feel like the right. the bite route is a desperation move for when the melting is outpacing your pace. Okay, so that's very true. <laughs> I have a follow up question that unfortunately. Unfortunately, Lark does not get to answer because she does not lick her ice cream. She gums it, I apparently. Like an 80-year-old man. Um, um, I can't eat a cone, and I'll typically lick if I do a cone, but like I normally don't because it's weird. It drips on my hand. It makes me uncomfy. Okay, so when you lick your ice cream, do you lick up and down? Or in a circular oh, wow. motion. Do you turn the cone around? Yeah. Or do you, from oh. bottom to top, or both? No. What do you do? Normally, in I a go circle. bottom to top. Really? And okay. Sometimes with a little circular. In a yeah, circle. Yeah, I mean, eventually you have to. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so when you when the cone when the ice cream is big and tall when you first get it. Yeah. You got to go from bottom to top because no. if you try and go in a circular motion, you get it all over your face. No, it's absolutely right. It becomes top heavy, and it's gonna <laughs> fall off the cone. Then it's gonna slide right off. I'll, I normally will. Once it's first, I'll normally kind of lick the top a little bit in like a circle to kind to of flatten push it. it down a little yeah. bit, and then <laughs> I start going up. Uh -huh. top, bottom top. Yeah, no. In a circle all the time. So my stepmom, my boys will still tell you that this is the one thing that they remember her teaching them. She took them to McDonald's to get ice cream and she gave them a whole rundown of why you go in a circular motion. Well, yeah, but that's to different. Eat your that's, ice that cream is cone. that is frozen yogurt style ice cream that's soft. It's soft serve. Like that, yeah, you kind of have to because it's going to 
flop yeah, over. Sa saucer is different. That's the only kind of ice cream to eat. <laughs> I'm just saying. Hold on. Mo's playing likes, on a whole different who field. Who likes hard serve we just, ice cream? We just went through all your favorite ice creams, none of which are soft serve ice creams. And Mo was still on the soft serve train for the main conversation. Hey, Mo. <laughs> I mean, I mean, listen. if you're getting soft serve, and you only your only options are chocolate or vanilla, what you have to pick is swirl. Yeah, swirl. Oh yeah. Yes, one hundred percent. That Sounds was like the best. Up. That was the best thing about eating at the trough growing up was. Mm -hmm. The, the or swirl. if you ever go on a cruise, like there's oh, there's, yes. there's at least three of them in the ship and they're yeah. open 24 hours a day. No, anytime uh, you walk one thing by I miss that ice cream machine, you get a tone. Paul had one of those ice cream machines. <laughs> anytime. Well, that's why I liked, uh, I like Golden Corral. You go to some yeah. of these like, buffets, they always have yeah. the chocolate vanilla and the middle has the swirl one. Mm -hmm. And then the sometimes they'll have like sprinkles well, you can Golden put Corral is I make really bad nutritional choices, like really <laughs> no, bad. Like I no will No one goes to Golden Corral to eat healthy. Mark, if you went to Golden Corral, Golden Corral, Corral, you're making bad nutritional choices. I <laughs> was in eighth grade, and I think on my third plate of sugar is when I realized I had made a mistake. You, yeah. go, you go to Golden Corral, you get the big slab of ham, and then you put a bunch of scoops yep. of mac and cheese in it, and you roll it up into a ham yes. and mac and cheese burrito. That's what you eat. Yes. Okay, so <laughs> I said... So if you want to, you can right change now. that out for, for roast beef. But either way. I can't I, hear you, Mo. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I said that was the best part of going. Oh, I muted Mo. Sorry about that. Sorry. You're such a turd. <laughs> that was the best part of going to the trough growing up. And uh, that is what we call Golden Corral. Is yeah, the trough. The My sister-in-law yeah. lovingly named it that. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. This was kind of fun. I enjoyed it, this one a little better fun. than the, the harder discussions that we have to have sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We're going to disconnect. Thank you all. Have a great night and continue watching. Right, have a good one. Adios, amigos. <laughs> Oh, fun stuff. Thank you guys for jumping in on that. Mm -hmm. uh, let's take one more break here when we come back. White Hot Ranch, which was my nickname in high school. Stop stealing my jokes. <laughs> Stick around. Walls or bridges? Believe it or not, every day we're building one of two things, walls or bridges. In our relationships and with the people we encounter, our interactions and the words we choose are important, probably far more important than we care to realize. It's no secret that the person we are today is different from the person we were a year ago or 10 years ago. As is the same, the Christian we are today is not the same as the one we once were. As we grow in our relationship with Christ, our convictions grow. Things we once found acceptable may now be non-negotiable for us. But let us not forget that as we grow and our personal convictions are growing, those around us probably are not growing at the same pace. After all, our relationship with God is individual and unique. So of course, there will be times where our convictions are as well. When you find yourself in conversation with someone about the God who loves them enough to pay the penance for their sin once and for all, be cautious to not place condemnation where empathy should be. 
As we share our hearts with those around us, our stance should always be one that allows for others to cross over into the same forgiveness we've accepted. When we make bold, defined lines around our relationship with Christ, it makes it more difficult for non-believers to find their way over. Sometimes, without even realizing it, we seclude ourselves from the very people who need us or who we need most. Be aware of your words, aware of your personal convictions, and aware of the structure you're building. Are you building a wall around yourself, making it impossible for others to access grace? Or are you building a bridge for them to cross through into everlasting life? Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And uh, we've changed some things up for this new season, including what we record live on Twitch. Each week we record our shows on Friday or Saturday before with our friends on Twitch. Follow us, twitch.tv slash LTN on air to be notified when we go live and join our Discord at backrowdiscord.com for after show discussion and even opportunities to be on the show yourself. Uh, plus, our normal Tuesday taste test will now only be available on our video platforms. So catch it live on Twitch or later in the week on YouTube at youtube.ltnonair.com or on our TikTok at the back row LTN. We got one I'm very excited for today. A tick, a talk, a tickety talk. <laughs> Before we go any further, it's time for Mo's fact of the day. The first known s'mores recipe was pu- published in the Girl Scouts handbook. That can't be right. Um, Live fact fact checking right here. Um, <laughs> at, yeah, in, in 1927. It's the name of the book. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's. I mean, is that not about? I think that might be about their. I mean, no? it just doesn't sound right. I think it might supposed to be be no, trampling. Trampling and trailing with the girl scouts? No, I think it's, I think that is it. It's in the same vein as Lady and the Tramp. It says tramping and trailing with the girl scouts. In 1927, it meant a different thing. Uh, (laughs) The snack was originally called some mores. In 1974, was the first known print of s'mores as we know and love them today in Merriam Webster's Dictionary. Yeah. In the book entitled, no, that can't be right. No, hold on. I'm being punked live on air. Yeah. The fact I wrote myself here. Yeah. I mean, I copy and pasted it, so you would think. Oh, man. I don't know. It just doesn't seem right. I wouldn't be buying that book for my kid. You might have in 1927. I don't know. No, I don't think I would have. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's it. Okay. 1927 was the first recipe. 1974 was the first time it appeared in the dictionary. There you go. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Moving right along. 
uh, before we, no, mm -mm. now it's time <laughs> that we come clean and admit that we are major junk food nerds. And every week we like to showcase and talk about junk food that has been recently announced or even spotted in stores or on menus. I was determined not to read your lines. Uh -huh. I was just going to wait until you it. got there. So I don't know why you're just sitting here looking at me like. <laughs> I'm just repeating things now at this point. Uh -huh. Why aren't you moving yeah. on? Where, where are we going here? <laughs> the That's joke is dead, Matt. Let's go. <laughs> That's right. We're going to kick off today with Chewy Chips Ahoy. Hershey's fudge filled chocolate chip cookies. That's the whole name of the whole product. I hate when they do this. <laughs> I hate it. One, two, three, four, five, six, nine words for this product. Chips Ahoy is the brand, and these are the chewy ones. And they have Hershey's fudge inside of their chocolate chip chewy cookies. Which, while it's technically new, well, it's technically new. They've already had a fudge-filled yeah. Chewy Chips Ahoy. Uh -huh. Then they got rid of this, and now it's a branded fudge. I don't know if it's different or not. But I wonder if Hershey's didn't come along and, like, say, hey, if you're using our chocolate, you got to give us credit for it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I feel like they they'd want to if yeah. they were doing that. Then Pennsylvanians. Like that's how they joint, are. Joint name recognition. Mm. Uh, Target's Good and Gather brand is coming out with some pumpkin pie granola. Okay. Which, if you're into that kind it's of thing. It's still summer. <laughs> Marble Slab Creamery is coming out with Flamin' Hot Cheetos ice cream and a Flamin' Hot Cheetos milkshake. This milkshake ain't bringing all the boys to the yard. <laughs> uh, coming up next March. Yeah, if you thought pumpkin Jeez spice Louise. was too far. Next March, M&M's is coming out with a crunchy cookie M&M. These are uh, intended to have the flavor profile of a chocolate chip cookie. Uh, so it'll have probably like that crispy center with just a cookie flavor infused to it. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it could be good. could be good. I, <laughs> Famous Amos, speaking of cookies, has a new Wonders of the World line set to hit sh shelves like right now. Wonders of the World. There are three varieties in line. Belgian chocolate chip, which I don't know how different that'll really taste from the normal chocolate chip. <laughs> Philippine coconut and white chocolate chip. And Mediterranean hazelnut and chocolate chip. So, hmm. there you go. Duncan Grand Coffee is coming out with a chocoholic pancake coffee flavor, as well as a turtle love and a caramel me crazy. But chocoholic pancake seems Why? strange. Yeah. Why does it have to be a chocoholic pancake? <laughs> I don't understand. Why does my coffee need to taste like this? It's not even the creamer. It's the coffee. Why is the coffee tasting like this? <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, is, that, is there really that much cry out for variety of coffee flavors? Like, no. hasn't most people just settled on their favorite coffee and they're not really going to branch away from it at this point? The only coffee flavor that I enjoy is... I hate that I have to say this. Maple and pecan. That's, okay. That's okay. the but, and, that. but it's a seasonal thing. It comes in the fall. And every <laughs> time it comes, I'm like, yes. But that's it. If I want flavor in my coffee, I'm going to put my, my favorite coffee grounds in the coffee pot, and I'm going to dash some cinnamon on top before I brew it. Mm. Mm, that's yummy. Mm. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Yep. Uh, Halo Tops coming out with some gourmet fudge pops, which are you know supposed to be just like fudgicles. 
80 calories per pop, though. So that's a little better. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Hey, Oriole, it's not the creamer, though. It's the coffee itself. It's the coffee itself. Yeah. Yeah. Burger King is coming out with a garlic and bacon burger. And this is an interesting new uh, take here. Meat, cheese, what? bacon, mayo, and deep fried garlic petals on top. And the few people that have been able to review this so far online say, as long as you like garlic, you will love this burger. I was about to say, it's going to have a ton of Because it's heavy garlic, yeah. but it's very good, apparently. So I might have to go for that. I might have to go for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, burger King has also introduced the new Breakfast Bacon King. The choice of sausage, bacon, or ham to go with more thick-cut bacon, Australian cheese, a folded no, Amer- Australian I'm- cheese, what? <laughs> American cheese. What the heck is this? Come from a kangaroo, kangaroo flavored cheese, <laughs> uh, American cheese, a folded egg, and new maple buttery sauce on a toasted potato bun. So, see, this is where they lose me. You're making a breakfast burger, dude. Nobody wants weird maple buttery sauces. If you're gonna get a burger, you need a tang with it, man. You need the ketchup. And since you have those potato crowns, you should be putting those on the burger, too. What I'm saying is, if you're going to make a breakfast burger, you should be copying Carl's Jr.'s already perfected version. I mean, you're already flame-grilled patties as well. Their breakfast burger is banging, is bussing, is good. But that's Carl's Jr. Right. But Burger King... I, well, Look, I feel Burger like King. I all of a sudden got a big whiff of a frame, frame, frame. flame-boiled... Flame Flame broiled. Burger. Boiga. I really did. Just out of nowhere. Just from the memory. Mm. But I also said flame boiled. Didn't have, <laughs> that sounds disgusting. Flame boiled boigas. Mm. <laughs> I love myself a good boiled hamburger. Yuck. Last week we said there had been rumors of a rare sighting of a new Doritos flavor, Tangy Ranch. Frito-Lay has not announced this new flavor yet, but it has been confirmed and even reviewed at this point. Apparently, it has a similar taste to Cool Ranch, but it is amped up with the tang sour cream, giving it more of a kick. That's okay. I don't want it. I, I try it. I'm not a big sour cream or ranch fan, but yeah, I, try. I try. I do not like the Cooler Ranch. But. <laughs> uh, Popeyes coming out with new chicken nuggets. Hey, you know the base is about to get a Popeyes? What? Yep. Taco Bell wouldn't be uh, a story without Taco (gasps) Bell. They're testing out new White Hot Ranch in Chicago right now. You're you're not in Chicago. You and Clovis. Wingstop's digital online restaurant Thigh Stop has got an exclusive flavor. Jamaican Jerk Barbecue. Can't get it on the wings, but you can get it on the thighs. Okay. I don't know why. I guess they want people to really try it. All right, Mo, are you ready for a weird no South I Korean pizza? When people mess with pizza, <laughs> South Korea's Domino's Blockbuster Four Pizza, representing four different oh, cities see, across the world. This is even worse when <laughs> when other countries try and take a take on things that are American. <laughs> All right. So first up, it's the U.S. quarter, and it's uh, based off uh, Louisiana. No. It comes with horseradish calamari. No. Uh, topped no. with flower-shaped squid tossed in the horseradish sauce, uh, broccoli, 
bacon and sweet chili crab. Nope. That's just that's just America mm-hmm. in a slice. No. <laughs> no. It's not. The Swiss Quarter, uh, uh. representing Zurich, uh, offers a take Zurich. on steak fondue. What did I say? I don't know. <laughs> Pretty sure I said Zurich. Pretty sure you said Zurich. <laughs> keep going. Zurich. Uh, <laughs> steak Pretty fondue. Pretty sure you said France. <laughs> <laughs> that includes black Angus beef, roasted potatoes, green bell peppers, and quattro cheese fondue. The Spanish section, representing Leon, uh, smoky beef tapas with grilled beef, smoky tomato sauce, pineapple, and mushrooms. And the Canadian Vancouver portion has a white cream shrimp, shrimp with a cream sauce, along with corn and a sprinkling of parsley. Okay. This I, is all one pizza. Listen, I really, really, really feel like we all, you know, the U.S., the Swiss, the Spanish, the Canadians, we all need to get together and sue South Korea. For defamation. Yes. This is wrong on so many levels. Oh, well, speaking of wrong on so many levels, our last thing, this is a real product that you will be able to buy. New pumpkin spice cup noodles are hitting Walmart shelves at the end of October. The press release suggests topping the noodles with whipped cream for the full pumpkin spice experience. I can't anymore. Yes. I can't. I really pumpkin feel spice like ramen I'm going to puke. It is going to be a real product. This is not some this is not the Kraft mac and cheese ice cream where you got to be one of the lucky, you know, 100 people online that get one shipped to you. This is a real thing in real stores you will really buy. We're going to taste test it if I find one. No, we're not. <laughs> you can. We will even put whipped cream on it for the full experience. Mm. <laughs> I'm lactose intolerant. I can't have whipped cream. <laughs> I uh, also have a deficiency to seeded um, squash and melons, so I can't have. If you have a deficiency, yeah, that means no, you don't up. have enough. <laughs> Oreo Dada says pumpkin fine. spice has gone too far. You know it what? Has. We think that every year. It and really every has. year they find a way to go further. <laughs> but listen. This for real is too far. Like every other year, it's been like, all right, fine, whatever. But this is just, it's nasty. Oh. I hope no one buys it. Oh, everyone's going to buy it. I know. And it's just for views, man. It's going to be just like uh, in our chat, Gateway Redhead says, because they know it'll sell. It will. It's going to be content for people like us. I am sticking my foot down. It's going to be a challenge on TikTok. It's the pumpkin spice ramen challenge, everybody. All right, let's take another quick break. When we come back, why Americans are struggling to trust the media on anything anymore. Stick around. Have you ever been around another person who used a word or phrase that you were absolutely certain that you should know, but you didn't? Well, of course you have. Hey, don't worry, nerd, because we've got some great news for you. You're about to learn something brand new, and this will be useful. Not like that throwaway knowledge like math or science. This is the real world, bub, and you need to be able to hold your own in a nerdy conversation. So pull up a chair and pay attention, because LTN's got another nerdy definition for you. This week's nerdy definition is Discord. 
classified as a VoIP or voiceover IP, instant messaging, and digital distribution platform, Discord is a program available on Windows, macOS, Android, iOS, Linux, and web browsers that is specifically designed to help you create and develop community. Though it is now a heavily relied upon property for the gaming community, Discord had no target demographic when it was released to the public in May of 2015. It took absolutely no time at all for the gamers to flock to Discord, abandoning their other programs like TeamSpeak, Ventrilo, and IRC in the process. Discord had found its niche in gamers. You'd be hard-pressed to find a streamer, YouTuber, publisher, or developer without a Discord server, and some would even say that they use it as their primary means of communication. And when you've used it to its full potential, it really is easy to see why it appeals to more than a gaming audience and why in March of 2020, Discord changed its motto from chat for gamers to chat for communities and friends in an effort to appeal to a wider user base. Now we at Love Thy Nerd do have a Discord server that you can join just by heading over to lovethynerd.com discord. We also have several resources on our website that will help you better understand what Discord is and how to use it. Simply head on over to our website at lovethynerd.com and search for Discord. So, the next time someone asks you to join a sweet Discord server that they know about, you can smile and nod at that nerd because, well, you understand that reference. to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. Remember that we air first exclusively on LTN Radio, ltnonair.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, find the Back Row Morning Show podcast version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Subscribe, rate five stars, leave a review, do it, then we'll love you forever. So this week, we started by sharing a news story about Subway's tuna. Uh, it's used as an example as how the media currently report stories and why they come off as untrustworthy. Today, however, we're going to take it a whole lot further and examine the last five years of news that has been misleading at best uh, and flat out lies at worst. We're going to go through a tweet thread by Konstantin Kassin, a Russian-British comedian, uh, podcaster, writer, social commentator. Now, while this is sparked by asking the question, why are people hesitant to get the vaccine? It covers a wide range of topics, all put in one thread. So uh, just allow me to go through this, and we might stop at certain points and discuss it, but here we go. <clears throat> Begins, you're struggling to understand why some people are vaccine hesitant. Here's the let me help you mega thread. Imagine you're a normal person. The year is 2016. Rightly or wrongly, you believe most of what you see in the media. You believe polls are broadly reflective of public opinion. You believe doctors and scientists are trustworthy and independent. You are a decent, reasonable person who follows the rules and trusts authority. Imagine your shock then when Brexit, which you were assured won't happen because it's a fringe movement led by racist for racist, happens. The polls, which widely predicted it wouldn't happen, were completely wrong. The experts and media pundits who told you it wouldn't happen day after day are also wrong. Oh, well, you say, these things happen. Imagine that soon after Donald Trump is running for president. You were told by your favorite media publications that he's going to lose. Some experts say his opponent has a 99% chance of winning. 
Imagine waking up on the morning after the election to discover that pollsters, media experts, and politicians you still trusted were wrong again. And now, this racist monster they told you would never get near the White House is the leader of the free world. How did this happen, you ask yourself? How could all the people in charge of informing me be so wrong? It was the Russians, they tell you. The Russians did Brexit, and they got Trump elected too. Imagine for the next 3.5 years you watch as the media and the pol political class run with the Russian collusion narrative. They tell you the how, the when, and the where, the dossiers, the whistleblowers, the peeing prostitutes. Imagine your desperation for things to make sense again. The Mueller report is coming, and it will set your world straight. Evidence of foreign meddling in the 2016 election and Brexit is coming to save your unsettled mind. Imagine your shock then when you discover that Brexit and Trump had little to do with foreign meddling at all. The screaming about Russians and Brexit dies down as well. Imagine that bit by bit you discover that events which the media and political class told you would not and could not happen, not only happened, but happened without some sort of evil interference. Instead, millions of your fellow citizens voted for them. Again, you ask, how could this happen? And again, the media has an answer. Racism. Your country is racist, they tell you. If you're white, this seems strange to you. Other than a handful of idiots, you've never really met a racist. If you're an ethnic minority immigrant, like me, which is not me reading it, but the person who wrote this, this seems even stranger. Why would people in one of the most welcoming, tolerant countries in the world want to convince themselves that their country is racist when it seems to be so obviously not? But the evidence is right there on your TV screen. Imagine your horror as a homosexual black actor is assaulted by MAGA hat-wearing thugs who racially abuse him and put a noose around his neck. He cries while talking about it on the ABC News exclusive. Imagine your outrage as you see news reports of a bunch of MAGA hat-wearing kids from a religious school contemptuously confronting a Native American elder. Reza Aslan tells you that the kid had a punchable face. And while you abhor violence, it's hard to disagree. Imagine that for days you watch coverage of these events with expert after expert, pundit after pundit, sharing and fueling your outrage about them. With every word, your belief that you were a good person and that your country is a good country wavers. Imagine that soon after, however, the Jesse Smollett story turns out to be an attention-seeking hoax. Imagine that you quickly discover that the Native American elder was the one who confronted the kids and not the other way around. If this is such a racist country, you ask yourself, why would they need to make up stories of racism? And as you ponder this, you remember that for years now, you've been expected to go along with other make-believe. You're expected to believe that whether you're male or female is not as simple as you once thought. Whether you learned about biology, whatever you learned about biology at school is wrong. You no longer know how many genders there are, and it seems dangerous to try to find out. Imagine reading that the experts at the American Psychological Association say that traditional masculinity is pathological and harmful. Imagine that you still want to believe the media and their experts, but now that requires you to think your country is racist, men are bad, and gender is a social construct, whatever that means. And it's at this point that a pandemic emerges on the other side of the world. You were initially unconcerned, but as scenes emerge from Italy and other countries, it's clear that something big is happening. You watch nervously as politicians give press conference after press conference, flanked by experts to explain the situation. The racist Donald Trump shuts down travel from China. 
In response, the mayor of Florence advises citizens to fight racism by hugging a Chinese person. Shortly after, Nancy Pelosi, a respected Democrat, visits Chinatown in San Francisco to explain there's no reason tourists or locals should be staying away from this area because of coronavirus concerns. Thank God there are some sensible non-racist people who aren't overreacting, you say to yourself. Imagine watching as Trump doubles down on his racism by claiming the virus may have come from a lab in Wuhan. Nonsense, you think to yourself, as you wonder how best to protect yourself and your family from this deadly disease. You consider getting masks. You've seen visitors from Asian countries wear them. But the UK's chief medical officer tells you not to wear a mask or wash your hands instead and wash your hands instead. As lockdowns are introduced around the world, you diligently follow all the rules. You stay home, only go out once, and live off savings or government grants. You're proud to be doing your part. Thanks to you and millions of your fellow citizens, the first wave of the pandemic does not overwhelm the healthcare system. And while thousands do sadly die, you've helped protect the national healthcare system. Imagine your confusion as the same people who have spent three months telling you masks don't work and you shouldn't wear them, introduce mask mandates, or if we are following the science, they tell you. And this makes little sense, but a pandemic is no time for questions. As you cautiously go to the supermarket, you notice that masks have made people far less likely to social distance. You remember reading somewhere that bicycle helmets work similarly. They give the wearer more confidence, and the result is more accidents and injuries, not fewer. Silly people, you say to yourself, if only they would follow government advice. You turn on your TV to learn that shoppers at your local supermarket aren't the only ones who have been ignoring the rules. Neil Ferguson, the man who, whose projections were used as the basis for lockdowns, appears to have broken his own rules to get some actions with his married lover. Boris Johnson's chief advisor, Dominic Cummings, drove halfway across the country to ensure that he had a better place to isolate. The journalists who berate him for this are later found to have attended a birthday party in breach of the rules. The lockdown continues, however, a man is killed in Minneapolis while being arrested for a petty crime. The man is black and the officer is is white. The arrest is captured on video and quickly goes viral around the world. Imagine your horror as you watch an officer of the law kneel on another man's neck until he passes out and later dies. This is disgusting, you say to yourself. I hope they throw the book at him. And overnight, a huge campaign for racial justice springs up around the world. No one really explains what racism had to do with the incident in itself, but they don't need to, because you know by now the West is racist, and therefore any time a white person does anything bad to a black person, there can only be one explanation. While the lockdowns remain in place, the protest against injustice spills out into the streets. Tens of thousands of people crowd into major cities. Few wear masks, and social distancing is non-existence. Clashes with police ensue, and in America... Uh, protesters loot stores, attack residents, and start fires. A retired black police officer named David Dorn is among dozens of people who are murdered in the chaos. The media describe these events as mostly peaceful protests as their reporters stand in front of burning buildings. After months of harsh restrictions, the media and political class offer no criticism of protest, which violate every element of the current lockdown. After months of telling you to stay home to avoid spreading COVID, doctors explain that rather than being a mass COVID spreading event, protest is a profound public health intervention. Big tech companies go into overdrive to stop the spread of disinformation. All discussions of alternate points of view regarding the efficacy of masks and lockdowns, as well as the origins of the virus, are censored. 
Attempts to discuss the negative impact of lockdown on health and mental well-being are suppressed. As the year runs on, with a pivotal American election looming, President Trump promises a huge push to develop a vaccine. Kamala Harris, who is later elected vice president, says that she would not take the vaccine if Trump told her to. On the eve of the election, a publication in America releases a damaging report about Hunter Biden, son of presidential candidate Joe Biden. The story alleges corruption, which his father may be involved in, as well as drug taking and use of prostitutes and more. Twitter and other social media companies prevent the story from being shared. The media lines up commentators to claim the story is Russian disinformation. Once his father wins the election, it becomes clear that several key elements of the story are likely accurate, and the laptop from which the information was recovered is, in fact, Hunter Biden's laptop. Meanwhile, the number of COVID patients and deaths turned out to be wrong. From, for some time, anyone who died at any point after a positive COVID test was counted as dying of COVID, even if they were killed by a drunk driver. The figure is later revised again. The number of people who are in the hospital because of COVID also turns out to be incorrect because it counts people who caught COVID while in the hospital as people who were brought there because of COVID. Now the racist Donald Trump is no longer president, closing borders is no longer considered xenophobic and is widely advocated for in the media. The racist conspiracy theory that the virus came from a lab is now also allowed to be discussed and appears likely to be the most credible explanation of the origins of the virus. Imagine your horror as you learn that the reason thousands of people died in the first wave of the pandemic was that elderly patients with COVID were allowed to be released back into care homes. This is especially true in the UK and in New York, run by Governor Andrew Cuomo, brother of CNN anchor Chris Cuomo. Governor Cuomo's publisher suspends promotion of his book about leadership during the pandemic among the inquiry into nursing home deaths. Meanwhile, Texas and Florida, which remained open, continued to thrive. In the UK, the health secretary, the person responsible for saving lives, is found to be cheating on his wife with a married aide in breach of social distancing rules. The man making the rules for you does not follow them. It is at this point that the vaccine, which you were initially told would need to be given to, be, uh, to the vulnerable before restrictions are lifted, becomes the main drive of government policy in media commentary. The same people who told you Brexit would never happen, Trump would never win, that when he did win, it was because of Russian collusion, that because of, then because of racism, that you must follow lockdowns while they don't, that masks don't work, and then they do work, that protests during lockdowns are a health intervention, that ransacking sacking black communities in the name of fighting racism are mostly peaceful, that Jesse Smollett was a victim of a hate crime, that men are toxic, that there is an infinite number of genders, that COVID didn't come from, the, from a lab, and then it probably did, that closing borders is racist, and then it's the most important thing to do, that the Hunter Biden story is Russian disinformation, and then that it's not, and then the world... Uh, and then they would not take Trump's vaccine, and then you must take the vaccine. That Governor Cuomo is a great COVID leader and that he is a granny killer. The number of COVID deaths is one thing and then another, that hospitals are filled with COVID patients, and then that many of them caught COVID in the hospital. These same people are now telling you that the vaccine is safe, that you must take it, and if you don't, you will be a second-class citizen. Understand vaccine hesitancy now? There's a lot to unpack in that. All of this was, again, written by Konstantin Kassin, I think is how you pronounce his name. Uh, one long thread explaining basically his thoughts on why we struggle to trust the media and journalism. Mm -hmm. What are your initial thoughts? Um, several. <laughs> um, 
one, when you see it all laid out like that, it's incredibly disheartening Mm -hmm. and discouraging. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I lost my train of thought. (laughs) I'll let you catch it for a second. Uh, So this was actually written for the perspective of someone who lives in the UK. Uh, So some of these people and names and things you've heard, you might not have been completely aware of. Mm -hmm. But he mentioned like a lot of officials who were caught breaking those same rules. Well, that happened a lot over here, too. It happened to Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi, who is a... Uh, a, a hardcore proponent of masks and has been this entire time was caught at a salon, uh, a private salon during a time when lockdowns were happening and no one could go get haircuts or anything. She was caught going to a salon, not wearing a mask as she's walking around and getting her hair blown out and all this kind of thing. And when uh, she was questioned about it, she got away with calling it a hit piece on her. Like, she was the victim here. Mm-hmm. She got away with that. And people just went along with that. And it was more than just Kamala Harris who said that they would not take the vaccine under Trump. Well, guess what? The vaccines that you're taking right now are the ones that were developed under Trump through his Project Lightspeed thing. It was all, <laughs> it was all designed to create an outcome, to create a thought. The uh, COVID nursing home thing with Andrew Cuomo, that that just started coming out after the election. But anybody who had like been listening to conservative news sources knew about it as it was happening. Mm-hmm. It was on the books. It was written down and publicly available that that was the, the procedure, that if an elderly patient was at the hospital, tested positive for COVID, the procedure was they would go back to the nursing home with the idea that they would be like separated into another area. But they still knew that COVID was so easily spread that that couldn't have done much to help uh, keep it from spreading. And indeed it did not. But that still remained the procedure for months resulting in more nursing home deaths in New York than anywhere else. That's why the number was so high in New York. I don't remember the percentage, but it's a ridiculously high percentage were nursing home deaths. And we people knew about this long before the election, months before the election. But the media did not choose to report on it until after Joe Biden won the White House. Mm-hmm. The Hunter Biden story. Ridiculous. Had it been flopped around and that had been Donald Trump's son, we would have heard about it nonstop. Twitter suspended the New York Post, which I think uh, Alexander Hamilton started. Like, it's one of the oldest publications in America. Suspended the New York Post from being able to share that story, deleted tweets where that link was shared all across this platform, not allowing that story to be brought forth. All news agencies ignored it, claimed it was Russian disinformation, which, again, it's already been proven. Russia has very little to do with any of our elections, despite what you've heard for the last five years. 
And it was only after the fact, again, after the election, that they were like, say, okay, yeah, this is probably true. And they hovered on it for all of 10 minutes and then went about their business. I mean, it's, it's to the point where it's getting so blatantly obvious that they're choosing sides and choosing to bend the news around those sides, whatever agenda that they have. And I'm not saying it's just like, you know, left leaning publications, the right do the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. But some of the most egregious ones have happened in the last five years on the left because it's about building this narrative that everything that Donald Trump or anybody that supports his side does is so dangerous to the country, we can't let it go on. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump says that there are fine people on both sides. You remember that one? Mm -hmm. Which has still to this day been presented as fact, that Donald Trump said that there are fine people on both sides, and what he meant was there are fine people in the neo-Nazi side of that Charlottesville thing. When all you had to do was play 20 more seconds of that interview, and he says very clearly, and I'm not talking about the Nazis or the KKK or the neo-Nazis who should be condemned totally. He made that 100% clear, and yet the media refuses to play that whole clip, only plays that half of the clip, and presents it as fact throughout his entire presidential election run-up that last couple years. And every time he's being interviewed since then, he is asked to denounce the KKK, denounce neo-Nazis, denounce the far-right crazies. Why do you think they're asking him that every single time? To put it in your brain that he doesn't want to. I mean, it was nuts. Mm -hmm. But the biggest one came out just recently where the uh, not the bee the opposite of the Babylon Bee, the ones that present real news stories that seem so crazy that how could they be true, compared the headlines between the BLM riots and the one two-hour January 6th riot when it comes to COVID. The headlines about the BLM riots, which were widespread for months, says it is unlikely that... Uh, Black Lives Matter protests aided in the spread of COVID. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the headline about the January 6th story from the exact same publication, which I believe was the Washington... Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember what it was now. Maybe... Washington Post, maybe? I don't remember. One of those. Anyway, it was the exact same company. I could look up the article, but I'd have to find it. But the other headline for the January 6th says, January 6th, likely a super spreader event. Like this one two-hour thing, super spreader event that probably messed up all of Washington, D.C. with COVID. But months and months of unregulated riots probably didn't have any effect. How can that be true? One of them is true, but the other one has to be false. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they are either both super spreader events or they're both not because it is impossible that one two hour thing with very few people comparatively to the large gatherings 
of unmasked, unsocially distant people throughout months during the hottest parts of the spread of COVID had nothing to do with more spread in these areas. It's just not possible. It seems, though, that lately, just in these last two months, that news, news companies, news organizations are dropping the charade altogether. Because we're living in a time that it's so easy to go back and check these things. And it's so easy to compare what they said a year ago to what they're saying now mm-hmm. is fact. Mm-hmm. And yet they will double down and say no. The latest thing that I've heard is that the, the, they're claiming, the news is claiming that it's been Republicans that have been calling for the defunding of police. Do you remember this? Like, we all experienced it. Mm-hmm. We were all there yeah. a year ago mm-hmm. when it was the only cry on the Democratic side, not the Republican side. To defund the police. We have video upon video, upon interview, upon article, upon people actually on the floor of Congress calling for the defunding of police in different cities and areas around America, even at large as a whole nationwide movement. And news media is just carrying the water of saying, no, it was Republicans who said all that stuff. Like, what do we do? It is very disheartening. Mm-hmm. And again, I do apologize. It is leaning one way in what we're talking about here, but it's only because that's been the most of it for the last five years because the Democrats haven't been in power until now uh, during these last five years. But the same thing happens uh, when things reverse. Mm-hmm. The same thing happens from more uh, right-leaning news sources during times when Democrats are in charge. Uh, the same things go go crazy. There's, there's a lot of news articles going crazy over Joe Biden's stuff, uh, in, in making implications about things that are kind of wildly speculative and trying to present them as fact. And uh, like this, this happens with every president and with every side. But the media is supposed to be coming from a a viewpoint of here are the facts, Mm -hmm. you make the decision on what you believe. And it is becoming harder and harder to find unbiased news. Do you think it's even possible? I don't. (laughs) I really don't. And I've, (laughs) I'm to the point to where I, legitimately feel nauseous over the reality of where we are and what we're living in it. And as you've been reading and as you've been talking, I've been processing it and thinking it all over and trying to kind of come to some sort of conclusion. And I mean, aside from the Sunday school answer of this is the world we live in, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, it, uh, I almost feel like, and those of you who have followed the show for a while, you'll know that my biggest complaint with football is the lack of accountability for the refs. Mm. 
to me, this is a lot like that. There is a lack of accountability for things that are published and stated and presented as fact. And when it's proven or misproven, if you will, proven to be false. Disproven, yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> there is no accountability. It's just written off. Mm -hmm. It's not a big deal. I can remember growing up and it being driven into us when we would do research papers during school that we needed to cite our sources mm -hmm. and that if we were going to write a piece and present it as fact, we better make sure that it's fact. We need to do the research. We need to figure it out. If we're going to write an opinion piece, that's absolutely fine, but state it as an opinion. Mm -hmm. Where has that gone? Where is, where's the accountability? Why are we not holding people to a standard for the things that they're saying. And it, it n I think the problem is even greater than whether or not we can trust the media, because at this point we can't. I don't think that we're ever going to be able to come back and believe with 100% certainty what we hear or read through the news. But this is an issue between our neighbors, mm -hmm. it has become so easy for people to claim truths about another person that aren't true. Whatever happened to defamation of character? Right. Yeah. I'm liable and slander. Yeah. Yeah. There are these things that we as children grew up knowing you couldn't do that. You can't go around spreading rumor, not because it's mean, but because it's illegal. Right. You're going to be held responsible for the things that you say. What happened to that? Where did that go? Why are we not holding people responsible anymore for the things that they say? Mm -hmm. One of the most, um, one of the most disgusting examples of that, of what you're just saying, is a case where someone was being held responsible and they still doubled down on it. And it was talked about in here, in that list. It was the, the Catholic school boys who the, the, the Indian protester guy got up in their face. Mm -hmm. What the news story was essentially posted as these kids were harassing him mm -hmm. and getting in their face and giving them a smug smile. Yeah. And really the boy was like, what am I supposed to be doing here? Okay. I'll just let him finish and I'll leave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so he was trying to be respectful as much as he could be with somebody in his face, uh, being disrespectful to him by basically just taking it. Mm -hmm. Like the kid did the right thing, but because he was wearing a MAGA hat, <laughs> It was reported the complete opposite of what was happening. Mm -hmm. That kid was able to sue CNN for exactly that. I don't yeah. remember if it's libel or slander, whichever one actually applies here. But uh, he was able to sue and successfully. Uh, several million dollars or whatever went to him. I think I, I I don't know if this is the exact number, but what's popping in my head is thirty thirty million dollars. And CNN host Brian Stelter. 
basically doubled down and saying, no, this kid's a scumbag. And, we're, and sure, we had to pay him, quote unquote, nuisance money to get him off of our case. But essentially saying they did nothing wrong. Yeah. Even when the court case <laughs> went against them, proved that they did do something wrong. They're like, no, nah, it's nuisance money. Whatever. We'll continue on doing what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Mm-hmm. How can you be this way? Why are you like this? <laughs> I don't understand. And honestly, because that, that proves it was not a misunderstanding. That proves that there was no way they misunderstood what was happening. Mm-hmm. Sorry. What were you saying? No, you're fine. I was just going to say, honestly, if, if all of this doesn't rile you up, if all of this doesn't at least make you uneasy, take into account that every single time we just let one of these things go without the blink of an eye, without thinking twice about it. That is a person whose life is deemed invaluable. It may be just something that we shrug off as a society because it's not hitting close to home. We don't personally know these people. We don't personally know, you know, it's, bigger America, if you will. Mm-hmm. And most of us are small town America. It doesn't hit quite as hard, but it's still human life. Yeah. And it's us allowing a truth or a rumor or something that we feel in, in our heart or our spirit to be right, as opposed to that person, mm-hmm. that human person. Yeah, it's changing the way we also just treat each other in general yes. when we disagree. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when I was a kid, people disagreed politically, but they still got along for the most part. Like, you could have a disagreement and you could even argue about it, but at the end of the day, you know, you have your own reasons. People can disagree and still be considered good people. Mm-hmm. In the 35 years that we've, almost 36 years that I've been alive, that has shifted from a peaceful coexistence with disagreements to not only is the other side of the aisle wrong, but they're evil because of how they think and act. Mm -hmm. And this is coming from both sides. It's not they're wrong, it's that they're evil people. Yeah. How can we go so hard in that direction? How can we go from, yeah, we have disagreements and there's a reason why we think that differently on this point and we should come to understand each other as to why we think that way to kind of come to some sort of uh, middle ground here to, to make concessions, to make compromises, to there's no way I will ever concede anything to those people because they're evil for one reason or another. That's just, we're living in a very dangerous societal mm-hmm. time. I really feel like it, it is a slippery slope. That I'm not sure we could come back from. No. I, 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 this is the kind of, the, the fact that we have social media websites creating our news for us, catering our news for us, censoring our news for us. 
And everybody is just like, yeah, that makes sense. That's terrifying. Mm -hmm. Well, somebody's got to curb the misinformation. Why do they get to decide what's misinformation and what's not? How would they know? And how would you know it was based on any kind of fact and not an agenda? Mm -hmm. And conservatives complained that, you know, Facebook and Twitter were too left leaning. And the response is always, well, create your own space. And so they did last year. They had parlor. Mm -hmm. And what did they do? They shut the thing down. Parlor, which is just like Twitter, but with less censorship when it comes to politics, was taken down from app stores. And even the, the hosting site that allowed it to exist revoked its existence just because people were starting to use it to interact with and find news sources that were being censored elsewhere. That's nanny state, Orwellian, like dictatorship country kind of scary. That's North Korea scary. That's China scary. And we're fine with it as long as it agrees with our side. That's terrifying. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. So, there might not be a way back for the news, but tune in tomorrow, because we're going to discuss how we can be more responsible in consuming the news. But right now, we're going to take one last break. Stick around. What's up, nerd? You digging this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Visit LTNOnAir.com and make LTN Radio your new go-to for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie, as well as our exclusive LTN shows and podcasts, some of which air on the station before they're available anywhere else. Visit LTNOnAir.com to listen now and find the link to our app. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Backroom Morning Show as things are winding down for the day. But first, we wanted to share some things that we love. Go ahead. So last week, I said that the next couple weeks... Oh, movies. ...would be yeah. movies that I had recently watched and, you and know... cared about. <laughs> in keeping with um, our topic for the day, uh, <laughs> The Forever Purge. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I... In our family, we do not watch scary movies or horror movies until the month of October. It's kind of a tradition that we do. Just do it in October. Uh-huh. And we, like, cram it all in. I couldn't think of the word. Cram it all in <laughs> in one month. But, but I love the Purge movies. Always have. I don't know really what it is about them. I like. I kind of like the idea behind it. <laughs> I mean, I'm all for just getting you know. some killing done, 24 hours. <laughs> um, but I just, I, I don't know. I really, really do enjoy this twist on reality. Mm -hmm. um, and so I have never actually seen a Purge movie in theater. 
because we wait until October to watch them. Um, but, you know, with 2020 and COVID and not being able to go to a theater and the purge or the forever purge coming out in theaters last month, I said, you know what? Forget our rule. I was watching Christmas movies in October last year anyway, so why not watch a scary movie in July in theaters? And it was amazing. Um, we were the only ones in the movie theater except for one other guy. And I think I told you that this like incited anxiety on me during the movie thinking that oh my gosh he like nothing is stopping him right now from standing up and killing all five of us and no one would know ever until they came in to clean it all up <laughs> but just the experience of seeing the movie in theater of course that always makes pretty much every movie better yeah but the forever purge has such a good story behind it yeah I loved it. Loved it. So I I hate scary movies. I hate gory movies. I hate all those kind of things. Horror in general. Most thrillers when it comes to like fear induced thrillers. Mm -hmm. Like a political th thriller. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I hate them all. Aside from two franchises. One is Scream, because they're funny. Mm -hmm. The other one, for some reason, is the Purge series. I know. I don't, like, agree with any of the weird ideology or whatever that's going on in these. Uh, I don't like the idea <laughs> of that being a real thing. But there's just something about those movies. They're so... They have the feel of a cheesy horror movie. You know, a crappy horror movie mm -hmm. that comes out every you know mm -hmm. every year in a thousand different ways. But the, you're right; it's the storylines are just so well put together mm -hmm. in a weird kind of um, alternate reality, mm -hmm. you know, world. Just that first one. The first one was a, a bottle episode, essentially. Like it was just focused around essentially one family, mm -hmm. and. They just kept growing into what this would be like in all other sectors of society, even the show that came out for a while. Yeah. That touched on so many more things that I never thought about. Like, like they, they, I remember they had like an ambulance. They had ambulances going around and they talked about how, uh, yeah, there's just an unspoken agreement that, that, that purge people don't mess with the, with the, the healthcare people that are out there trying to save some of the people's lives. Mm -hmm. Like, that's weird. And cool. And what happens when there's somebody who's like, I don't care. And they're going to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And they examine all this kind of stuff. Like, it was just, it's it's such a, a compelling story. I have not watched the new one. Uh, I definitely would not watch it in theaters because I would wet myself. Because uh, I'm a weenie when it comes to horror movies. But I, 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 Deidre and I were at the movie theater at the same time you were. Mm -hmm. uh, unbeknownst to, to each other. Uh-huh. And uh, we were seeing uh, Black Widow, which was great. Um, and I remember we were leaving the theater, and I saw the poster outside for the Forever Purge, and, and I told, I said to Deidre, "Oh man, there's another Purge movie I'm gonna have to watch." <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "I have to watch it, like for what? For LTN?" I'm like, "No, I just, 
I, I can't not watch it, yeah. but I don't want to watch it. I've but seen I, every other I, one. I have to. Yeah. <laughs> so, and coming from a super cheesy perspective, I especially loved that this one, without giving any spoilers, this purge takes three separate cultures and they work together for the better huh. of everyone. Interesting. So coming off of 2020... That is what we need. Okay. Okay. Uh, We've seen an inspirational purge movie. We do. We do. I mean, is there anything more representative? For real. Of our culture right now. I don't think there is. In the need for... (laughs) I mean... A culturally inspiring purge movie. Think about it. For real. Uh, All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it and not looking forward to it. Oh, it's good. It's so good. My thing that I love is uh, the LTN Arcade. Uh, We just had this this past Saturday. We usually have it the first Saturday of every month, and and it's very simple. We schedule a whole bunch of games to play online with people. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's usually a whole day's worth, sometimes multiple different uh, games going on at the same time. Uh, where you just register to play some of them. And they range widely uh, from casual games like uh, Code Names or, or Gardic Phone or, or uh, what's that word? What's that game that y'all played the other day with your family? Ticket to Ride? No, the, the Jackbox. Apples box to game. Apples? The Jackbox no. game. Oh, Quiplash. Quiplash. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, we play a lot of games. Um, they range from that all the way up to like Destiny Two. Or they'll they'll do an online D and D campaign. Sometimes they're like reading books together. We're gonna. I'm hosting a, a round of Among Us, which is gonna be like half of our normal Among Us group and half people that have never played with us before, and that's gonna be a blast. Uh, it's 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 just a lot of fun, yeah. and uh, the games change, you know, every time, and. Uh, you just get to hang out basically all day online with with your friends playing games. It's one of the the better experiences uh, of my life. <laughs> so the next one should be here. Let me look it up on the calendar. The next one should be happening on the fifth of September. No, I'm sorry, fourth mm-hmm. of September. The fourth of September, Saturday the fourth. Uh, so a holiday weekend. Are they still going to do is it? Is that a holiday that? weekend? Yeah, okay, it's if it's a holiday Day. weekend, it might be the eleventh. I don't know, but you can check. That's uh, also a holiday. On, well, dang it, it is. <laughs> I don't know when they're going to do it, but uh, go to lovethynerd.com/arcade uh, around those times, and you'll find it. Hmm. Uh, join the Discord, lovethynerd.com/discord, because we have a whole section devoted to the arcade and what's coming up and what games are going to be played. And even if you want to host a game yourself you can. Uh, so it's it's just a blast. It's a blast and it helps you get involved and make new friends, new nerdy friends from all around the globe. Mm-hmm. Alright, Mo, let's end with our verse for the day. Our verse for the day is Matthew nineteen twenty six. But Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. This is going to do it for our show today. Be sure to check out all of what we do online at lovethynerd.com. We've got amazing articles on all things nerdy as well as this show, LTN Radio, and our other podcasts podcasts and videos. If you'd like to directly support our mission and become a financial partner with Love Thy Nerd, and specifically with LTN Radio, then please visit lovethynerd.com slash partner, and you can choose LTN Radio from the drop-down menu. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax-deductible. As always, make sure you're following us on all the socials. We're on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, 
Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, just search for at the back row LTN and connect with us. We will be back tomorrow morning, and we hope you will too. Mo, final thought. The Forever Purge and Among Us. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And just remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise that it's true. Jesus, Jesus loves, loves you, nerd. nerd. Come on.